This is the Tom Bigby Tales, and I'm your host, Shannon Evans. This podcast is about a small town on the Tom Bigby River in northeast Mississippi called Columbus, and also about some of the surrounding communities as well. Today's episode is called John D. Dewberry, Abolitionist. In the summer of 1856, Virginia-born, recent Columbus resident John D. Dewberry was arrested for suspicion of distributing incendiary abolitionist materials to enslaved persons in Lowndes County, then Monroe County, Mississippi. According to an article, The Liberator, a Boston newspaper running an article from the August 29, 1856, Columbus Democrat, Dewberry was accused of circulating incendiary documents, speeches that violate the Hutchison Code created by attorney and judge Anderson Hutchison of Raymond, Mississippi. The Hutchison Code read in brief, if any person shall knowingly bring or circulate or cause to be brought or circulated within this state or shall aid in the bringing are circulating herein any composition in manuscript or print any pictorial representation calculated to produce disaffection among the slave population hereof or to endanger the peace of society. He shall, upon conviction, be punished by imprisonment in the penitentiary for any term not exceeding 10 years. The Those documents were the that are referenced, that he was, or Dewberry, was referenced in um, promoting and distributing were the public speeches of William H. Seward and Charles Sumner, politicians and legislators. Sumner was the victim of a caning, a physical attack in May of 1856 of that same year, an event that took him more than three years to eventually recover from. Sumner was a member of the House of Representatives and an anti-slavery Republican who entered the Senate chambers and had recently insulted Stephen Douglas of Illinois and Andrew Butler of South Carolina in his crime against Kansas speech, and so was brutally beat by Butler's kinsman, Preston Brooks, in the Senate chambers. Sumner was hospitalized, and Brooks resigned his position, returning home a hero. It was this speech, Crime Against Kansas, that was in Dewberry's possession in Columbus, Mississippi, along with New York State Governor William H. Seward's pamphlets on his beliefs and convictions that all men should be free, uh, which was veritable heresy in the Deep South at that time. The pamphlets from Seward in Dewberry's possession now in the archives of the Lowndes County Library, advocated for fugitive slaves to be guaranteed a trial by jury, something New York State had already passed into law. <clears throat> His work that was in the hands of Dewberry also praised the Underground Railroad, deeply problematic for someone in Mississippi, a state economically dependent on enslaved labor, for a person in this state to have in their hands, especially a white man. Dewberry stood accused of circulating abolitionist papers among Columbus and the greater Lowndes County 
slave population. Abolitionist ideals circulated in the Deep South were deeply concerning to the greatly outnumbered white population who feared uprisings and slave insurrections like the failed uprising in Charleston, South Carolina, and Nat Turner's insurrection in Virginia. Dewberry was ordered held over for trial on a $1,000 bond where he faced a potential 10 years in the penitentiary in Jackson based on the Hutchison Code. Damning testimony was presented at trial by upright local citizens. The postmaster, Mr. Isaacs, testified Dewberry had asked at the post office on multiple occasions for a package he was expecting. The package finally did arrive, 47 copies of Sumner's speech, prepaid. Dewberry confirmed with Isaacs they were what he had been waiting for, as well as a second parcel that would come that contained Seward's speech. The deputy postmaster, Mr. Kincannon, testified Dewberry got a large number of Seward speeches in the mail that he himself had seen. Colonel Waite E. Gibbs, a local slave owner, farmer, and trader, a young man of 26 and a member of the local rifleman, testified he found a copy of Seward's speech in an enslaved man's possession. The man related to Gibbs that Dewberry had shared the abolitionist ideas with him. Thomas W. Carter, a local carriage maker who who owned five enslaved people, testified he saw Dewberry in the company of the young enslaved youth Garrett walking down Washington Street, deep in conversation. When the two got near the shop where Garrett worked, <clears throat> Carter testified he watched Dewberry hand Garrett a bunch of pamphlets and they continued down the street. Carter then saw Garrett return alone carrying pamphlets, so he confronted the youth and found Seward's speeches on the Seward's speech on the pamphlets in Garrett's hands. The next person to testify was the local staunch pro-slavery and future Klansman attorney Jacob Hunter Sharp, who attested to several conversations he personally had with Dewberry, where Dewberry is said to have endorsed Sumner's speech on, Can on Bleeding Heart, Kansas. Prominent businessman and stable owner William Cady testified that Dewberry brought a stack of speech pamphlets to his stables and allegedly tossed them on his desk. It is presumed that this desk was Dewberry's as of the way it is inferred in the document of the court that Dewberry worked at Katie's stables. And that is where the pamphlets remain. Katie shared that if anyone wanted a paper, they could readily have just taken one. And But he never saw Dewberry actively give any away to any of the enslaved people who worked there. Irish hotel keeper W.G. Fife testified that the youth Garrett appeared at the hotel with a bundle of pamphlets he was to deliver to Dewberry's rented rooms. A local judge, George R. Clayton, the son-in-law of Jephthah Vining Harris, a prominent member of Columbus Society, appeared to speak on behalf of Dewberry. Clayton testified at length, apparently for over an hour, 
that Sumner and Seward's speeches did not meet the Hutchison Code standard of being incendiary speech. The trial was covered not only in Mississippi papers, but in Kentucky, Arkansas, Virginia, Kansas papers, and beyond. Dewberry was found guilty of circulating incendiary documents. He was also convicted of possession of incendiary banned materials. Dewberry was found guilty on all counts and sentenced to three months in prison and fined $1,000, equivalent to roughly $36,000 in today's value. To learn more about Dewberry's case, visit the Lowndes County Library Archives in Columbus. And to learn more about the people and places in this episode, visit and follow the Historic Home Tours of Columbus's Facebook page. And don't forget to like, follow, and share this podcast, The Tom Bigby Tales. Until next time.